Hello, everyone, and welcome to Marvelous Movie Mondays with Kelsey and Dill. What's up, Kelsey? You looked a little alarmed. <laughs> I was really concerned because I had to restart my computer for the stream, and then my uh, beats weren't um, connected to my computer anymore, so the the sound was coming through my Mac uh, speaker, and then it would have picked up in the microphone, and then you would have heard double of us but I just got them connected in the nick of time. And that's yeah. why I look very stressed in that I was gonna moment. Say, I, I started playing the theme song before I press record. So then I had to go press record. Then it was late. The theme, theme song. So we're on a, sh a shaky start. Um, thank you for bearing with us. I put it in the chat for anyone watching along tonight because we are live. Um, thank you for oh, everyone for right. bearing with us the, the past two episodes because we uh, have been doing these live episodes. It's really just my schedule. It, it's trying to get a time for both of us to be there and just prepping for the show. Like I had to watch six episodes of a show, which seems fine until you realize that each of these episodes is an hour long. Um, so it's just prep with schedule. This is really the only time we could do it. And rather than recording it and then trying to upload it in the nick of time before midnight, we're like, why not just do it live? That way it's there Monday because we want to make sure you're getting Mar Marvelous Movie Mondays on Monday. Otherwise that defeats the purpose of the title of their show. We kind of backed ourselves into a corner <laughs> um, we could have called this Marvelous Movie Weekly or something like that and just been like, all right, we pick a day. Um, but that, yeah. that's not how it works um, uh, <laughs> no. for our show. So we were next week, we'll continue our regular scheduled programming of like Monday morning. You're going to get an episode. You don't have to like sit here and wait for us to get to the end. You can skip to the end if you want. We'll have it ready. And it's going to be a trivia match, which we haven't had in a little while. So that'll be fun. Um, or two trivia matches actually next week. But this week we're talking about Daredevil. Uh, we took a long hiatus since the last time because we were kind of just filling time and then they took it off of Netflix. So we were like, ah, oh, crap. And then by the time they put it back on Disney Plus, other stuff had been coming out with, um, you know, like Moon Knight and um, uh, what else came out? Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Like all these shows started coming out and movies came out that we were like, we don't have time to go back to Daredevil. So finally we're like, we have a lot of time now before Guardians. Let's Daredevil the shit up. Um, and we are here now with season two. We started the first six episodes, so we haven't watched the next seven. Um, that'll be uh, in two weeks. We'll be talking about those. But Kelsey, do you want to like kind of give us a little bit of a debrief on where we left off with the franchise um, um, or, or, or the series? Do you remember? <laughs> well, season so season one was basically the Wilson Fisk um, season. So right. like yeah they yeah i had to like watch i watched like a two minute recap video but honestly like everything that happens in season one like kind of doesn't really have a ton to do with season right. two like yeah. it builds up definitely like relationship dynamics and and things like that but as far as like season two goes like we have an entirely different antagonist you know, we have a bunch of different villains, some new, mm -hmm. some new characters we're getting introduced to in this season. Yeah, um, uh, specifically like one huge one who had his own spinoff show and everything. But it's like, I, right. I just I, I don't know. Yeah, like it, it's it's interesting because like the stuff that matters, it seems from the first season, the really only big plot revelation that happened later on in the season that like really matters for these six episodes is Foggy finding out that he is Daredevil. Like that was yeah. like the big thing of season one that I think carries over now because now it's a lot about, like you said, this new introduction of a new character slash villain or multiple villains, but then the idea of the identity. And, that, and that's one thing I want to touch on before we even get into the episode specifically is like how refreshing it is to see a show go back to the idea of superheroes having to conceal their identity because I feel like 
that was like the thing when we were kids growing up like spider-man that was the whole crux of the raimi spider-man movies was the fact that like no one knew he was who he was and the batman too no one knew bruce wayne was batman here now we're so used to and accustomed to the mcu where every mcu hero they know who they are they know tony stark is iron man they know sam wilson is captain america they know bucky barnes is is the white wolf it's like Mm -hmm. things like that where i'm like i wish it was more of that secrecy and I'm, I'm glad that's where they left no way home for spider-man but it's like i wish there was more of that secrecy because otherwise what's the point of wearing a mask anyway um you know right the ma- they always take their masks off to fight anyway and like the ant and the wasp like the mask gets crushed and then they duke it out um i'm like all right um so it's really nice to see a show that's still so much about the mystery and especially with uh karen and matt's story the idea that um, you know, they get a lot of character development together as in a relationship, but also just mm-hmm. the idea that she still doesn't know. And that complicates so much, especially with Foggy now kind of being this middle man. Um, and that's kind of what was most exciting to be going into the season. I'm glad they kind of developed that more. Um, the action's great. The style's great. But like, I, I'm really liking the character dynamics specifically with the three of them. Um, but yeah, what were your thoughts on these overall like six episodes before we kind of dive in specifically to hone in on certain things? Well, Dill, I am really into this season two. It has really captured my attention uh, way more than season one had because I remember like watching season one, but then like also doing something else, scrolling on my phone. You know, it was pretty much like it was like glorified background noise, really, when I was watching season one. And I would have to rewind and be like, oh, that mm-hmm. seemed important. Let me drop that down for my notes. But this season, like I was I was in it. I was hooked. I'm like, and I, I'm like embarrassed because I didn't really realize who the main villain was and how it was like the guy who fully has his own Mm. show until like episode like four. Well, and it's, it's really interesting because like specifically, and we're talking about the Punisher, obviously, um, and, and John Bernthal, first off, like one of the best like anti-hero villain character actors out there working right now he hasn't really led much but he's always like a supporting actor and stuff he was the original villain in the walking dead he played shane he was awesome in um and then he was in baby driver like he's in a lot of great things but what i love about this like six episode arc because we we kind of where we end off is like right before the trial uh of frank uh what's his name um castle Frank Castle, uh, like we end it right before the trial. It's like, all right, the trial starts next week. Dun, 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 cliffhanger, which is a perfect st- part for us to end our part one review right. for. Right, yeah. But it, it's, it's like interesting because even though he's like a villain still, he is the villain. He's he's killing people. Just in a matter of a few episodes, though, we get a little bit more of the humanity to him that I've kind of really liked about these shows and, and the MCU in general as well. Just the idea of kind of humanizing these villains to where we understand why he's doing it. And it's kind of like the similar thing to the Kingpin. You know, there's the relationship tied to it. Um, and I, I, I do like him. And and we do know that he is more anti-hero than villain in the grand scheme of things. Obviously, For they need sure. to give you a character. You, he can run his own show. Punisher is his show. And he has to be able to commanded as a lead you can't have a wholehearted 100% villain in the lead otherwise it would not be compelling tv so they need to give you also that kind of reasoning and I, that's why I love some of those middle episodes where he's talking with Matt just about you know killing versus harming and and what the real goals and purposes should be they're they're both looking toward the common goal but they go about it in different means it's kind of like the killmonger t'challa thing it's like you're both striving for something good it's just you're going about it in a problematic means so i really like their discussions and their relationship their dynamic 
Yeah, there's some really heavy hitting moments of dialogue throughout this scene where, you know, like shit gets like super intense. It just it's it's just like such a mature take on this universe and these movies and these characters, which I greatly appreciate about this show because, you know, there's some, you know, there's obviously things in the MCU now that are definitely more geared towards a younger audience. You know, we kind of saw this in like Miss Marvel the I am Groot shorts, like, you know, like little things like that. Um, but as a whole, like, it's kind of hard to, you know, they still make these movies as pal palatable for all ages as they can. Um, you know, especially like specifically in the MCU where it's like, this is like, this is geared towards the, like the adults, like the, you know, the people that grew up with the comics and are now like well into their twenties. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's some really, really great moments of dialogue. Dill, do you want to go through now each episode specifically? Yeah, yeah I mean, we can. I, I just remember the last time uh, we did it, it was like we, we kind of just talked generalization about the arc of the half a season. But I do think this this is much easier to follow in terms of episodically because um, it is a, a one overarching story, but, but there's a yeah. lot that happens. We can go episode by episode and just kind of give our thoughts. Like I can't separate them necessarily in my mind because I watch sure. them all so, so closely together. But there right. are moments in each episode that like stuck out to me for sure. Well, first of all, we start off our season premiere. Um, yeah, the season premiere, I guess, with episode one titled Bang. Okay. And the first thing I wrote down was like, this was a great first ep because you think you know, the season starts off one way, like we're introduced to this like room of men. It looks very mob, very mafia. They, but the guy giving the speech is like, honestly giving like kind of like white supremacist vibes. They were like, we're going to take back the neighborhood and it'll be ours again. And I was like, oh my God, like this is, this is going to be wild. I was like, is this going to be like literally daredevil versus white supremacist? And then all of a sudden this, the room gets shot up and there's only one, one survivor who also has like a, like a nice little character arc for himself grotto mm -hmm. um and the thing i just really wanted to talk about this episode only because they end the episode with you know us kind of meeting the punisher but not really like it's right at the end to you know keep us on our toes and daredevil gets into um you know an alt a physical altercation with him and it ends with him saying bang and then gunshot and yeah. i just thought that that was so cool yeah. i was like oh, yeah he just shot those, matt murdoch exactly it's one of those things where you're like he's not gonna die but it's like how does right. that work um and right then you finally realize the parallel that he was also shot in the head and survived and um i didn't realize yeah. how thick his armor was daredevil though to where like he survived a gunshot right. to the head like it really does go to show how good that armor is and I, I like how they use this as a way to show that like that he really is invincible when he's wearing that armor but because he's already got a sense missing now that whole next episode, which we can transition into like is all about the disorientation. Right. And I honestly wish they played more into that. Cause it feels like by episode mm -hmm. three or four, they're like, all right, he's good again. And I'm like, I wish they had right. sat with it a bit longer because this is like a pivotal thing. And this could have affected him the whole season. 
to where everything is a little off sensory wise because that's the whole thing is like his right. senses he are so heightened because he doesn't have the, the sight um but now it's like now his hearing's a little fucked because like he got hit in the head and it's ringing a little bit at reasonably so he's getting shot in the head and his feelings a little he's woozy so his touch is a little off he yeah. drops the glass in the next episode so i wish they had played more into that but we also get a little inkling i think in the first episode of something as well that i want to talk about and that is is that the billiard scene where like He's showing her how to play pool, or she's play, showing him how to play pool, or is that the next episode? Uh, Karen. Either way, we, we're Karen. getting little glimpses of the Karen Matt <sighs> romance very early on here. And is it's her like, name Karen Page? Yeah. Okay, because I referred to her as Paige the throughout all of my note taking. Oh, like Paige, P A I, like. Like P A I G E. Like I oh, thought like, that like that was. Paige. I thought that no, was no, no. that was her name. <laughs> no, her last name is Paige. But it's okay. you know it's 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 a really interesting choice because like the last season we were all like all foggy and Karen to get together, and then right. now now it's like uh oh it's Matt and Karen, which also led me to one thing and and I know because we're only watching half a season we haven't even gotten to Vincent D'Onofrio yet in this season and we got one episode with Rosario Dawson but like. Where's mm-hmm. Rosario Dawson? I was like waiting for her and it took so long to get to her. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, we're now fully abandoning ship on that romance. And we're going to the other. And like, I like Karen and Matt. We'll talk a little a bit more about it as we go along into these episodes. But I'm like, I wish they had done a little bit more with Rosario Dawson's character. Maybe she was busy. I don't know. But um, <laughs> I wish there was more of that relationship still because that was the romantic relationship I was really invested in. But I do like Karen and Matt. I, I like I'm I'm more of a fan of theirs than I expected to be because I just hate when they're like we're gonna make the two main characters fall in love because it's like like that's what made right. Harry Potter so cool it was it's the two side characters you know it wasn't Harry and Hermione it was Ron and Hermione like that's right what I I want from everything but you don't get that all the time yeah Foggy and Karen definitely give like Ron and Hermione mm-hmm. <laughs> but in this case Hermione is being with the Harry of the uh project um yeah, I, I like them. It's like new and fun and it's like fun to watch them have this like little nugget of like happiness and something that they derive joy from because their lives are so tragic and dramatic and hectic. So it's like, you know, it's it's definitely sweet. I definitely feel bad for Foggy. I hope that we see him with someone special um at least at some point in the series because he deserves happiness as well honestly what i love about this season deal so far is that i feel like foggy is really standing on his own a lot yeah well yeah it's it's kind of a pro and a con like it's a pro to see him get that character development but it's a con because Mm -hmm. it's very clear that the other two are hitting it off and foggy's kind of left by the wayside it almost feels like foggy is like not in the loop a lot um but i think Mm -hmm. that's purposeful it creates a little bit of tension too which i think we need to see uh because we saw moments of tension with him and matt in the first season and now like that he is one of the only people who knows Matt's secret. It's like, it adds mm-hmm. this extra layer to it. Um, because even, even with the Punisher stuff, when the Punisher tells him to leave the room to talk to Karen in episode six, it's like, damn, he, he's like, well, I can't catch a break. And he's the one who seems to be holding the fort together. Yet he's the one that no one wants to include in, in their plans. Um, which yeah. I think is very interesting as well. Even when he's like, what happens if you die or you get caught or something, or you go to jail and Matt's like, well then the Nelson part will be there. Murdoch and Nelson. He's like, 
no, like we're a team. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of like that, that there's a little bit of a riff there uh, with them. And obviously we don't know what's coming up next. I, everyone who's watching this is probably like, you guys haven't seen this show? No, we haven't. And that's why we're doing this. Um, <laughs> we don't know where this is going to end up, uh, but I'm enjoying it so far in, in that sense. But um, what are your thoughts though on the Karen, while we're on it, the Karen and Matt romance and how they're framing it and how they set it up? Because I think it did happen pretty naturally, but it did happen very quickly. We're already kind of at it. Yeah, it did happen quickly. You know, you know, keep in mind, like, even though these episodes are an hour, like, I think there's only like 13 every season, right? Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. like, we kind of have to make these arcs move a little bit. Um, so I, I don't, like, even though it's happening quickly, it doesn't feel rushed. Like, it yeah. feels kind of perfectly timed. And, you know, everything that it should be um, at the right time. So, you know, I like it. Mm -hmm. Um it's kind of not really something I need just because I think that they both stand so well alone. Like, I don't think that this makes them more interesting mm. in any way, character wise, at least. Like, I think that, yes, it adds the added con the added conflict now of like one of these days, like Karen's gonna find out. Like, right. We're, like, we're that's gonna, like the elephant she's in the room, gonna yeah. know like, like, yes, there's this added tension now a little bit, but I think just like as characters, like as Matt and as Karen, like, they didn't need this to make them more interesting because mm -hmm. I thought that they were both strong on their own. Well, and we'll talk about when we get to episode five, what the relationship, why they really needed the relationship there because of another introduction of another superhero character that we'll talk about. But um, right. yeah, episode two though, Kels, what, what was episode two all about? Um, so basically, I, so episode two is titled Dogs to a Gunfight. And it was basically like his spidey sense was a little off. That's what I'm mm -hmm. calling it at least. Um, yeah. And in a way, Foggy is Matt Murdock's Ned Leeds. He is his guy in the chair. So it kind of all makes sense. Um, his spidey senses is off. He like couldn't hear. And then, oh, right. And then it's the whole plot line where Karen and Foggy are doing like the, what do you call that when you like send someone in with a wire? Uh, the I mean, it, like, yeah, the wiretap, I guess. The, sta the staged operation, I guess. With yeah. the with the DA, we meet the DA, which is like also one of our antagonists this season, um, who's really, really good. I'm really enjoying her performance a lot. Hold on, I just want to pull up the IMDB just to shout out yeah, of the actor. Mm -hmm. yeah um, i i like I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit more on what i was talking about earlier but i love the stuff where matt is like kind of disoriented because he's almost a little mm -hmm. too perfect in the show to where it's like he's missing his right. sight but he's just still on it so much and that's his superpower that i love when a superpower is stripped from someone like i love spider-man 2 because we get so much of him having to learn to grow as peter before he can get his spider senses back in Spider-Man 2. And I think this is like the Spider-Man 2 moment. I just think it was too quick that it all got a little resolved. Like, I feel like we kind of were over it by the end of this episode or very early next episode. Um, but it also did allow, again, for more of that Karen, Matt kind of sexual tension because she comes over and, you know, she has to, like, just kind of stand there awkwardly. There's, like, a really interesting chemistry and tension there between them in a good way like I'm, I'm whenever they're together this is really nice moments of silence where you just feel you can feel it i, I don't know yeah it's, it's they do a really good job staging the romance to where like you know they really use the sensory experience of like the touch and we'll get to when they kiss in the rain but the idea of the rain drops on her skin like all the little details yeah. that like just really heighten it because you want to be in matt's mind frame of like 
everything else is sensory sensory overload um and in mm-hmm. this sense it, his senses are kind of stripped away as well so it's it's it deals a lot with the sensory experience in, in this half of the season which i which i really like but i i thought it was too rushed the matt losing his senses stuff i would have liked a little bit more of that um, no yeah throughout the season like see him actually be like fighting for real with people and just like losing his mind um and i also think it's funny that they basically had him and the punisher beating up each other again like kind of the same exact fight um sure again. yeah uh but this time he got he got uh, i believe chained up right um, yes yeah and that's how Foggy we kick off episode three like, where, are, where are they yeah yeah i also love that karen thinks that Matt is an alcoholic because when she comes in and like the broken glass and like, you know, just like the, (laughs) just like the, like the miscommunication in that scene was like kind of funny. I mean, it's not funny to be an alcoholic, but it's just like, she has no idea what's really going on. Yes, we all know what what the real deal is, but I mean, again, what are you going to think? Your mind is not going to go to, Oh, he's the superhero or the super vigilante, whatever, running around the streets. Yeah. Yeah, and I also just love this mini arc that they give um, the last surviving member of the gang that gets, mm-hmm. you know, blown Greedo. to pieces by the Punisher. Yeah, Grotto. Grotto, like, sorry. Greedo's, Greedo's Star Wars, my bad. <laughs> Greedo. <laughs> I, for a second, I thought you said Guido, and I was like, no, it's not the Jersey no. <laughs> Shore, Dale. Uh, it's Grotto. Um, like, I just love this, like, little redemption arc. He's, like, you know, trying his best. He's trying to do the right thing by, like, you know, saying he'll help out the DA by trying to find like the the other guy. Um, I think it's because they're all part of the gang, the Dogs of Hell or something. Something like that, yeah. Okay, as long as we both don't know the gang, the gang stuff is is it's it's a little harder to follow for me just because it's so many different sure. names and places and things and stuff. But you know, yeah. you got a bunch of different Nouns. mobs too going on. Yeah, so so like it's it's hard to keep that all straight. Like I had to watch the Sopranos premiere three times before I figured out. Oh wait, these are our main <laughs> characters and all this stuff. But now I can give you a whole textbook expose on yeah. it. But yeah, um, gangs are very interesting. So so intricate. Um, but we also get a lot of good Punisher stuff. We see like the uh, scene where he's in like the shop and, and the guy is like oh i got like child porn and then he just like beats the crap oh out of him. yeah we don't see the beating but we know what he's about to do and that kind of gives us that gives us a little inkling that he is fighting for something just because it it's the first time you see that he's purposefully fighting someone who's very bad like you know child yeah. pornography is bad so when you see him going to kill him you're almost like oh good but then you're like wait aren't you supposed to be the villain? And this is where you kind of get a little right. hint of the complexity of who this character is and the fact that he fights against um, evil people and he fights because of his kid and, and wife who died. And I mm-hmm. think that's another thing too, is it's like child porn. It's like the thing. It's like a child crime as yeah. well. And, and that I think triggers him as well to where yeah. I get a little bit more sense of a character from him. And I love it because he doesn't talk a lot in his first two episodes. So it's like a mm-hmm. lot of just like face acting and, and just silence and power through silence, which I really like. Yeah. The actor, um, John Bernthal, he's doing mm-hmm. a really great job as just like giving just the right amount because he's such a big, like Gruff. intimidating looking yeah. guy that mm-hmm. he kind of just just has to be this presence for us to know that like he's not someone that you yeah. want to mess with. Have you and what seen... I really... Oh, sorry. Go, Go ahead. ahead. I was just going to ask, have you seen King Richard, the movie about the Williams sisters? That Will Smith no. won the Oscar for. Okay, I was just wondering because he plays like their their coach in that, and and he's mm. so good in that. So like, there's a good range, but he's always got like a really good like machismo. It's just sometimes it's a very gruff kind of 
and then sometimes it's like oh yeah i'm a cool guy you know so it's, it, he's, yeah. he's he's got such a good range as an actor and if if he does return in any way shape or form for the mcu i think we should do an avengers movie club for him because he's amazing he's got so much great work out there awesome because what i love about this what i love about this season dill or one of the things that i do anyway is that i feel like this antagonist this villain quote unquote or anti here whatever you want to call him has is kind of like matt meeting his match like he's really they're really like level with their abilities and their strength and their smarts right. and so it's just like really refreshing to like not always see him win like these past like two episodes like only up until and this next episode we're about to talk about, episode three, he's chained up for the majority of the episode until he's actually able to break free at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, let's transition into it. Why don't we? Yeah. Uh, episode three. So it's called New York's Finest. Uh, Matt wakes up chained to the roof and he's talking with the Punisher, a.k.a. Frank. So this is when I was like, I was because they never refer to him as the punisher i don't think right. until like later on no um, i think like foggy says it he's like he's punishing yeah. them or something like that yeah right and it might be like in a newspaper articles at some point where it says like the punisher just got punished mm. or something so i didn't put two and two together literally until this episode i was like oh this is a guy this is like a character also who has like their whole own show so now mm. we have to watch the punisher um yeah so, so it's a rabbit hole <laughs> yeah oh down. this is the episode where we got uh rosario dawson back yeah, just finally. briefly yeah. um claire i believe her name is mm -hmm. as as the er nurse and she's mm -hmm. basically just in this um scene where foggy gets a really big moment where they have a lot of people in for like gang violence and, you know, things that the Punisher are, are doing to them. So there's a lot of gang members that are need uh, medical treatment and they're all in different gangs. So they're all butting heads in the ER. And Foggy gets this great moment where he kind of has to talk these two guys down from fighting each other, from like literally like probably killing each other in, yeah. in the ER, um, which was just like what I was saying before, like he really gets to stand on his own two feet. Like he's more than just like kind of Matt's sidekick, which is what right. I really like about him. He's getting his own arcs, his own kind of storylines. He's like trying to keep their law firm like together by a thread. Like he's literally hanging on by a thread. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just like really enjoying this uh, season. What did you yeah. say when we went into this deal? You were like, well, this season's supposed to be the best, so. Yeah, well, I, I think a lot of people think it's the best also because they love John Bernthal's Punisher. Um, and mm. I believe this is, I, I think he's also, he might be in season three. I actually don't know this, but a lot of people really love this season. Um, oh, thought it was even either. better than the first one. Um, I, I've heard they, these just I agree better. with and them. This, and this has like, the, this episode actually that we're talking about has like the marquee fight, um, which is the stairwell where he's like literally going through the stairwell. It's a one take of him mm. going down the stairwell, beating up all those people. So I think a lot of people like the action of this too and, and just the breaking of chains. And like you, you said, he kind of meets his match um yeah to have a villain who's like even footing and who is also doing stuff 
in in a seemingly heroic way in his mind. Like he knows what he's doing, but he thinks he's doing it for good. Um, and that's what kind of transitioned us also in a little bit of like, I, I believe it's episode four where they talk, they like have their conversation or is it maybe episode three where they have like their conversation about like, why they do what they do or something and and he goes on to say like oh i'm 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 getting justice too i just kill them not unlike oh. you who like harms them and lets them run away um yeah it's um, yeah, and, and it plays into the four. next episode a little as well yeah, yeah. so it, it plays in this next episode too like the idea of i'm giving you this gun and you can either shoot me yes. to prevent other people from dying you can kill this guy that i'm gonna kill anyway or you can use it to free yourself but know that if you free yourself people are going to die anyway. And it's a good moral, yeah. moral dilemma where Matt's like, wait, yeah, you're right. Like if I don't do anything, you're still going to kill this guy. If I kill you, I'm killing someone. And then mm -hmm. you kill him. And if I kill him, you know, it's one of those weird like cycles of like, it's going to happen yeah. either way. It's inevitable type thing. And, and that's a, a lot of moral dilemmas that this, this episode, these few episodes take. It's a lot of just kind of comparing notes almost between two yeah. people who seemingly have a common goal, just want to go about it in totally different means. And I, was sad to see Grotto go. Yeah. I was excited for his life journey. I was like, oh my God, he's going to turn his life around. The gang life isn't for him anymore. He's going to get through this. And mm -hmm. the fucking Punisher killed him. Yeah. And but I then got, this I, does kind of spiral into sad. Punisher then getting finally locked up and um, right. or in the hospital and, and, and kind of like setting up what is now going to be probably the second half of the season being the trial. Um, but not before we get a few curveballs. And that is that in the end of episode four, we get the kiss, I believe. Is that episode four uh, where they're walking in the rain, I believe? Yep. Or is that episode three? Yeah. No, that's at the end of episode four. Yeah. So that's what the big plot twist is like, oh, they actually did it. They actually kissed. And then also um the idea that he comes home and there's another woman there waiting for him who is electra who yes. i i don't i didn't read the electra comics and stuff like that but i do remember the really terrible two movies that came out in the early 2000s one was called daredevil starring ben affleck one was called electra starring my girl jennifer garner who i share a gotcha. birthday with uh 13 going on 30 so it's very interesting oh, wow that was like a failed movie. So I was like, oh, I didn't even realize they brought Electra into Daredevil. Like I knew Kingpin was in Daredevil. I knew Punisher was in Daredevil. I had no idea Electra was in Daredevil, let alone mm. such a big part of this. So I'm interested to see what they do with that. But uh, do you want to give a synopsis for episode five? Or do we skip four synopsis? I don't remember. Um, I haven't really been giving a synopsis for any of them, but we can surely just, break, just talk about yeah. my little bullet points for episode four. It's called Penny and Dime. And basically, Karen uncovers the Punisher's past. And basically, we kind of learn is, a yes. lot how mm -hmm. we learn kind of like why he is the way he is and like why why he's doing what he's doing. And it's because mm -hmm. he lost his family. Mm -hmm. um, and it seemed very purposeful and like arranged and like an inside job. It was definitely mm -hmm. not an accident. Right. Um, we meet another round of mobsters, the Irish mob, which can I just say... I do not appreciate being portrayed like that on camera. I am very in the media. I'm very you're Irish. You're speaking to an Italian, Kelsey. <laughs> okay. Okay. But like you. <laughs> you're speaking to someone who, when he grew up, went, Are you in the mob? I'm like, no, the fuck I'm not. They're like, Oh, we eat on the phone. I'm like, I know. I've literally had people like ask me if like my dad or like my grandpa were in the mob. And I was like, maybe don't fuck with Jersey. Fuck with me and find out. Yeah, it's mob. We actually, I'm not going to say this on camera because I I've seen mob activity like around my area. Um, not like mob activity, like get down, I'm going to shoot you. But like very much like 
You see people walk with like a bag of something into a restaurant. You see the restaurant door close, the blinds go down. Then you see all wow. these men in suits leaving, you know, like, like the idea of that. I'm not going to say where, cause I don't want to expose y'all, but, and I don't want to get hunted down. Yeah, what? But, but like, <laughs> don't the idea that, like, that, like there's like these underground meetings and stuff like it still happens. It's just, it's sure. much less heightened because of bugging. And, and that was a big thing in like, um, you know with with mobsters over the years it's like they've had sure. such good technology to where like it's really hard to to do what they do um it's not as easy uh because of phones and, and gps tracking and wires and microphones and technology so um but it's very interesting just to see that mob activity is still so uh prevalent i guess um but yeah as an italian and an irish person right here the two of us <laughs> i'm not irish and i don't know you're italian oh you're both you're the both worlds Else, yeah right you get the best of both worlds when yeah. you're irish so, and italian yeah, so a, i'm in two mobs yeah you're gonna be a mob wife when you're older <laughs> you're gonna find yeah. yourself a nice i marry uh, greasy greasy haired yeah greasy haired uh garlic leather and... jacket chain <laughs> yeah oh my god okay so then we meet the main guy of the of the irish mob here um his name's finn um and this is what i got from this episode i'm pretty sure Finn doesn't like the Punisher because the Punisher killed his son named Rory. Mm, I think. Did you just um, guess an Irish name? <laughs> no, no, no. I think that's okay. no. I feel like I if you not... were to, it would be that or Finnegan. So you actually oh. Finnegan is Finn. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, that's Finn. Okay. Yeah. There's more than two names in know, uh ireland all right don't come for my people like that no i um, love the irish hey hey we just celebrated st patrick's day it was fun i celebrated st yeah, patrick's day in long island those people know how to party they know how to rally. wow that's intense that's also mm. kind of far that's where my show is so i was there it oh, wasn't okay. like i went out of my way to go there oh okay. it was i was there for my show and afterwards we you know we all fooled um yeah it was fun went though. on a bender this weekend um oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, we're covering. <laughs> Kelsey's like, I'm dying inside. <laughs> so uh, basically, they are able to catch him. They bring him down with like four tasers. They mm. like, you know, lock him up, throw him in a van, and they bring him to an undisclosed location where they're basically just like torturing, you know, information out of him. And they're like, you know, you're you're dying tonight. Like the the hole's already dug. Finn says. And then, but, you know, obviously Punisher, he refuses to give up any information. You know, he's not, he's not budging. But then they bring out his dog and they said, we're going to, we're going to hurt the dog if you don't start talking. And I was like, no, don't hurt this dog with this drill. Uh, I got sad and nervous. I was like, they're not going to hurt the dog. And even if they do hurt the dog, I hope that they don't show it. But I was nervous, but the dog is fine um you have a thing with with stressing over animals we went and saw cocaine bear last week and yeah. and it's it's it was the one thing where they introduced a dog that's totally irrelevant to any of the bear stuff but the whole time kelsey was like it's gonna die it's gonna i'm like the dog's not even in the forest <laughs> i'm conditioned to think that because like you see a dog in a movie like something bad's gonna happen to that dog name me one movie that doesn't have a prevalent dog character where something bad doesn't happen to it cocaine bear <laughs> all right so that's the one exception um, but then the dog was in the bolt, forest bolt he's all he's okay at the end of that yeah all right cujo lady in the tramp well cujo's about a killer <laughs> dog that's different old yeller 
Yeah, old yeller, old I'm movie. Pretty yeah, sure a dog... that's one movie. No, Marley a dog, and two. A dog dies in Lady and the Tramp. Doesn't the old uh He didn't die. He just went limps around. He's like, oh trusty, and like just sits down. I like, thought he passes away in that movie. No. I don't want to think wanna... so. <laughs> Go... <laughs> Somebody look it up. <laughs> um I don't want to talk about dog deaths anymore, okay? Can we just, like, move on to something happier? <laughs> I well, I was nervous. So then the Punisher and Daredevil have this, like... Uh, so Daredevil... Punisher is able to break out of these chains because he's he's able to, like, break free. Also, he sends... Oh, because they're, they're trying to get money from him. So they're like, okay, the money is in this van, and it's here. That's where the money is. Because he, too, is an animal rights activist and does not allow them to touch a hair on that dog's mm. head. So he gives up where the the money is. But the money's rigged to explode. So a bunch of people die, and then he's able to escape. And then um, Daredevil Again, they, catches the show's, him. I was going to say, the show's giving you more and more reasons to still empathize with with Frank. It's like, oh, he's doing it for his kids, and it's doing it for this dog. Like, like they really want yeah. you to feel, like, conflicted toward this character. And I think that's a good device. Like, I think the screenwriting on Absolutely. how they wrote the Punisher was really, really well done. So then, Obviously not well done enough because Kelsey's tired and yawning. No, it's just from this weekend. It I'm has kidding, nothing to I'm do kidding. With I know, you went on a bender. It's okay, it's okay. I was drunk for 48 hours. You need to give me some time here. <laughs> 48 <laughs> hours of the weekend or like 48 hours straight? 40, 48 hours straight. <laughs> well, like, you know, I wasn't drunk the entire time. It was just it was like, like, go I'm... to bed, wake up in the morning, shot. <laughs> it was like we yeah obviously partied all like friday night we woke up the next morning we had mimosas at breakfast then we went out for drinks and then we went to dinner where we drank more and then we went to the bars so it was just like continuous in new york or did you go somewhere else no 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 in new york nice, nice, nice. i had a lovely weekend this weekend Dill, we should open up these shows doing more of a weekend well i mean we don't film or post on mondays but we should you know check in with one of you one another more often <laughs> I'm, I'm getting a little a little delirious here um so daredevil captures the punisher right but then he doesn't he allows the police to come in and do their job and he kind of says to like the chief of police if you will like hey take credit for this I was never here. This can be yours because I want people to still have faith in the criminal justice system, right. which is now watching this in 2023. I'm like, eh. eh <laughs> yeah, I know. It loses louder. a little bit of its luster there. Yeah, I'm I agree like, with you. I'm like, Matt Murdock, would you be like, right? Well, with all, <laughs> well, the problem is also like, like these are all based on comics, and at the time, the comics were very much about like the bond between superheroes and the police, and and that's why sure. I like how stuff like Falcon and Winter Soldier is kind of like breaking some of that down, like saying that like sometimes the police do do harm, and uh, it's just a much more nuanced conversation now than it used to be, where it used to be just like, oh, we're all fighting for good, so you know everyone's good, you know, um, yeah, it, it's a little less exposed, but again, like. A little flaw, though, not not a terrible thing, but it is something that I agree. Like, you I get it. it. Up and it's edit. a good sentiment. Yeah. It's very different in real life and in practice. No, exactly. Um, but then 
we get the big smooch at the end that we big were talking smooch. about. And yeah, great design on how they showed the raindrops and all that yes. stuff. Like it was a very sexy moment. I was like, okay, okay. Ooh, okay, Daredevil. You're making yeah. me blush. Um, and then we meet Electra at the end of the episode, yeah. who's just the classic, like turns lamp on when the person walks in the room and it's like, hey. Haven't seen you in a long time. Long right. time to see. Yeah, of course. And and that's where I was kind of like, oh, that's why they decided to push the Karen Mad thing so much is because they wanted a love triangle. Because if the Punisher stuff wasn't enough, now we have to add this extra right. story beat to it. Dill, do you think that too much is going on? A little bit. I, I think it's one of those things that when the season will wrap, it'll make a lot of sense. Right now, where we are at, like where we're like halfway through the season, it's a little much where I'm like, I think Electra was like an added element that didn't need to happen. Like if you if you take out episode five altogether and you go straight from four to six, not a lot changes in terms of the Punisher thing. Because six is all about like mm -hmm. them talking to the Punisher, preparing him for this court thing, telling him to plead guilty, trying to figure out how they could help him out. And then at the end, he's like, no, I'm not guilty. And then it's like, oh, the trial is going to happen. Whereas right. five, it's like, it kind of feels like its own separate episode where it's like Matt dealing with the stuff with Karen, Karen being a little sus of him. Like, why is he taking these random rides in these cars? And why is he doing this? And why is he doing that? Um, and then you find out it's because he's dealing with this other woman that he used to be in a relationship with. And there's all that backstory. It feels like right. in the grander scheme of a season, it'll make a lot more sense. But right now I'm like, we're going down such one consistent plot line that now it's like they're adding this extra thing, which I get it. It, it makes the relationship more complicated, but I would have liked them to maybe like, do the Matt and Karen thing a little longer before throwing this curveball. It's like, let them sure. take a few swings before you throw them a strike. Um, and right. I, I, th I think that's kind of where I'm at right Oof. now, where I was like, they just kissed. And now it's like, he gets home and that episode, like, you know, like, yeah. Conflict of interest. So it's already awkward off the bat, even where they're at the restaurant. He's, it's not the restaurant that makes him anxious. It's, it's everything else going on in his brain. But he says, he's like, oh yeah, this makes me more comfortable. It, it has nothing to do with the restaurant. It's the idea that his ex is sitting at home waiting for him, telling him to undress in the car and all this shit. Um, right. For a deeper mission, right. obviously, but there's still baggage that comes with that. It's like when you're, it's like how I met your mother, the never invite your ex to a wedding thing. It's like, you're in a happy honeymoon phase. Why ruin that? Or risk right. that, or risk someone else ruining that. So I, I get that, but it, it added an interesting plot element. I didn't see that coming, especially because yeah. I didn't know Electra was in the show. Yeah, um, and, and so I was excited to just see it, just as a fan of co comic book characters and just seeing all these iterations of things. But um, I don't know enough about Electra as a character, so I, I, I didn't feel as drawn to it. But it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because now, you know, she gets introduced and we kind of have this, like, side plot now where, like, she, you know... So, basically, episode five is, like, a flashback episode. It's called Kinbaku, I believe. Uh, that's my best guess at that yeah. um, word. Um, and, basically, we just, like, kind of get introduced to Elektra and Matt's past, how they met. Like, Foggy and him seem to have crashed, a like, a high-end, fancy um event of some sort you know people kind of catch on that he's not supposed to be there but then electra like randomly decides to you know do a solid for this stranger and say like oh no he's with me he's fine they get to talking the sparks are flying you can tell they are into one another and basically like they kind of they're kind of giving me like bonnie and clyde vibes almost a little bit because they're going on their own little adventures getting some vengeance some some uh redemption a little bit mm -hmm. um especially we see in like that last scene or one of the last scenes of this episode where uh, matt is confronted with the guy who killed his father and he kind of you know 
just gets to beat the living daylights out of him mm-hmm. right before Electra, you know, get lands a final blow. So yeah. it's like they're kind of like a ragtag team of, you know, I don't really know what's going on. Yeah, and it was course, cool to see that stuff. Yeah, there's some spicy scenes in this episode. We get some spicy hanky panky <laughs> at the <laughs> boxing range. Uh, boxing range is that what it's called? <laughs> a boxing ring, a boxing ring. Maybe that's what I meant to say. Um, also, Jill, I really liked your uh baseball metaphor when you said, you know, <laughs> give them a let them swing a few times before you give them a strike. I was like, oh, I like that <laughs> one. I'm gonna use that. Thank you. Thank um, you. So basically, Electra says that she's back in uh, Matt's life because she needs help with something. Because this, like, Roxxon Corporation is, like, stealing money from her dad. Um, but, you know, especially in the beginning of this episode, we're kind of getting the we're getting the vibe that they did not end on the best of terms. Because Matt's like, what are you doing here? Like, yeah, he's she, she, Yeah. Well, also, he just kissed this girl he's into, and now he can right. into it. Like, I think it's also the timing. Like, I, I bet if this yeah, happened at for the end sure. of season one, he'd be like, yo, what are you doing here? Now it's like, what are you doing here? Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, like it's, it's a slight one. So I kind of, so is he just like, doesn't like her because he, she almost like pushed him into killing someone? Like, that's yeah. the I think, I think vibe that's I was getting. It. Yeah, that and also yeah. just that he's in a happy new thing and doesn't want it ruined. So there's that. Element. Right. But I, I do think, yeah, a lot of it. And that's his whole philosophy, even with Punisher. It's like he doesn't kill. He only harms. And it's like, well, at that point, right. not kill. Um, and, and, and it's a very interesting dilemma. I, I side with Matt, but I also understand where Punisher's coming from with all of it, too. Um, yeah. Which has created such a cool dynamic for these characters to now see where, where they go with it. Because I really don't know where the season's going. And we'll talk about the six in just a sec. But like, I really don't know where the season's going beyond the fact that he's going to be on trial. And and I like how they're really leaning into the law aspect of it. And, and like that they're making a very lawyerly show, not just an action show. Um, yeah. But I really don't know where this is going. And we also know just from the credits that Vincent D'Onofrio is a main cast member on this season still. So he's coming at some point. He's in jail. We just don't know when. Um so right, it's, it's just right, very right. interesting to know that like there's still more to come and I just don't know where it's going to go, but I, I know it's, it's got to come out that he's daredevil in the season to care. And I'm assuming don't, uh, don't tell us in the comments if we're right or wrong. <laughs> and I do believe Electra is going to come out too at that point where like, there's going to be that whole big blow up. And then there's also going to be the stuff with Frank. Um, but I, I, I do think we could see, I, I, I think the likelihood now is that Frank and, Matt will find a way to team up somehow. Like, I feel like that's where it's going in my opinion. Like, I feel like that's mm. kind of where they're leading us to go because he's not sure. a full fledged villain. Like they're showing that they might be a team up thing for yeah. a common enemy, which may end up being Kingpin or something. Cause we know he's sure. back at some point. So I don't really know, but the six episode left a lot of good stuff, like cliffhanger wise to chew on with the Electra and uh, Karen stuff, with yeah. the foggy, foggy and Punisher stuff. Cause there's a little animosity with foggy and Punisher too. Cause Punisher is right. taking to Matt and Karen much more than he is to foggy, which also creates a little something uh, in terms of dynamics, but I'm excited. I, I like this last episode. It kind of was like the chill episode. It was like kind of, you know, let's relax for a sec before we get yeah. into some more heavy stuff, you know? Yeah, so I also just love a flashback episode, Dill. I love it when they, like, put the actors in something funny to make them look younger. Yeah. So yeah, you right? know that it's, like, you when know. it's just from, sunglasses. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's just, like, they gave him, like, longer hair mm. or, or something. And I just, I don't know. I always find those kind of episodes, like, really charming. Like, they always, for the girls, like, it's always, like, if the main girl present day doesn't have bangs, 
they give her bangs in the past. So you know that it was a different time. That's just like always that if a, if an actress has bangs in one episode and then not the other, that's a telltale sign that time has passed. Hollywood loves to use bangs as a way to tell time. Anyway, That's interesting. Uh, I just wanted to say you do have bangs in our um, podcast photo. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, I do. We should take some updated photos we, because I yeah, do not look like that anymore. I, I don't have long hair like that either. But I was, I was going to wait to see if I could grow it back out to that length. But I don't think I'm going. To. Um, we'll have to take <laughs> yeah. more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because you know we took those in 2020. Like that was quarantine, the quarantine version of. Uh, yeah, it was like oh shoot, we have a podcast coming out. Take a picture of yourself, and then it's no, like, yeah. yeah rushing um yeah i also want to get new pictures for for thumbnails because i realized today i was like i don't have any updated thumbnails ever since i've been losing some weight i need more and and there was a horror video i posted today and i had to like literally do the scared thumbnail making thumbnails is so interesting because it's like, yeah, yeah yeah you have to like put on a face for a camera it's it's the weirdest thing um yeah but yeah we'll, we'll make sure to do that but uh, any other thoughts on on these last few episodes um well episode six regrets only um we kind of have this side mission where matt and electra because at the end of episode five he kind of involuntarily just gets wrapped up in electra's bullshit with you know without meaning to because he goes to his apartment to be like her he goes to her apartment to ask her like why would you even bring me to that mansion and she's like oh because i know there's this darkness inside of you and he's like you don't know me at all i'm a good christian boy and then they the gang or uh yakuza yakuza the yakuza gang shows up at her doorstep so now he's like well i guess i'm in this now so they have to go to like a fancy gala event to go steal a book i'm not entirely sure why um (laughs) and then matt also wants to represent frank this is like uh what we've been kind of getting at this for these past few episodes here is that matt wants to represent him because once he hears he's on death row he's like no can't stand that He's not getting mm-hmm. the death penalty. That's not fair. I will represent him, give him his best shot. And of course, the entire plan going into this is that he's going to plead guilty. They're going to lessen his sentence. He's not going to get the death penalty. Everything's going to be fine. Him and Karen have one conversation about his family. They walk down memory lane talking mm. about his house. And all of a sudden, he's like, no, fuck the DA. I'm pleading not guilty. Let's take this bitch to trial. And now we have to deal with that. But like you said, Dale, what a great place to kind of stop for us because yeah. and we didn't even intend on that. We were just like no, six episodes and seven. Um, but it, it is going to be interesting because I, I do like the character of the Punisher so much. It's such an interesting added element. And I do really, every episode won me over with Matt and Karen even more than the last. The only thing is I'm, I'm interested to see where everything comes to light with Elektra and all that stuff as well and, and how they're going to bring Kingpin back knowing that he's in some of the season. And if they're going to bring Rosario Dawson back, because I really like her character. I hope they do. Yeah, um, she's I don't know just if that's great. Just feels she's like a that was like a one have. and done, but I, I really hope it's not. Um, and the only thing is also like, the action. We've been getting a lot of good action also, mm-hmm. but I do feel like a lot of the fights are starting to feel a little samey um sure to where like it feels a little similar in style to where like the only one that really stood out was like that staircase sequence with the one take but with the again chains. like I'm, I'm wondering if it's gonna 
just develop even more. Uh, who's who's to tell, especially with Elektra now? Um, because again, right. these are much more grounded superheroes. These aren't superheroes with any superhuman like speed or um, yeah. you know invisibility, anything like that. It's just strength um, so it, and agility kind of. So it'll be really yeah. interesting to see where they continue to go with this. But I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited to go into season two uh, even more. Yeah. Me too. Cool. Um, and that'll be happening in two weeks because next week we have a cool episode planned and that is another trivia match. And this is a big one. This is for a lot of marbles. Not all the marbles. All the marbles is against you. But uh, to get to you, they have to play Noah. But to play Noah, you have to get through JD. And that is Malcolm and Stacy. Malcolm said, Stacy's too mean now. And Stacy said, F you, Malcolm. And they're going to play a match. <laughs> and then JD will be waiting in the wings to play the match, to play the match winner then there. So whoever wins, Stacy or Malcolm is going right up against JD right away. And the winner of that will play Noah to play you, Kels. So are, are you excited for that? Like, give us a little preview of next week's match. Like, are you, because we haven't recorded them yet. Are you like hyped? Are you scared? Because you know that they're coming for you. Who are you rooting for uh, in the, or not rooting mm. for, but who, who you got? Who you got? I don't know. Stacy and Malcolm, that's like, that's a pretty good team up right there. I feel like that's, they're pretty evenly matched, I would say um obviously you know girl power feminism girl boss um i have to say that i guess part of me would love for stacy to win because if we have a showdown for the title match between two girls i would uh two women i should say that uh would be kind of iconic i would be i would gladly hand over the belt to one of my fellow um uh, female um, Marvel MCU fans. So mm. uh, that could be really interesting. Mm. Um, I didn't realize how soon I was going to be playing again. So, you know what well, that still means? Got time, though, it's, studying it's this month. starts now. Yeah. I mean, they <laughs> probably wouldn't play Noah till at least like May. So you probably wouldn't play till June at the earliest, but Okay. Um, studying well, starts still. now. Though. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, we're almost they, in April, Dill. I, know, I gotta. I know they've been. I got really movies hard, and so. shows to watch. So. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think Malcolm has has been waiting a while for this. Like Stacy also has been, but Stacy helped us with Harry Potter, and Stacy's got her right. podcast, which is amazing. Go check out Stacy's podcast that she started. Um, I got to go find the name of it. Uh, I'll share it in the next one. We'll have her talk about it when she's on. But, um, but she's also found a new energy with that Dark Phoenix stuff. So yeah, who's to say she's, what'll happen? She's out for blood. She's off her blood, and I really do think, though, JD is on such a roll lately. Uh, he he yeah. had a perfect match against Zach, except for one question, which he checked down a multiple choice for. Like, I really think JD is someone you can't fear. So no matter who wins between Ma Malcolm and Stacey, I actually think JD is the one to look out for. And I think JD could beat Noah, too. Like, I think JD is the hungriest right now for the belt in terms of knowledge and studying and practice. But I think Stacey's got the the attitude that it you take that you need but malcolm's yeah. also got the cool calmness that you need so i really don't know and then noah's waiting in the wings who knows what he's been up to in terms of studying so i think all four yeah. of them could have a legitimate shot at coming close to your belt but could anyone beat you we'll see i don't know uh it's very possible it's i like like i say like i oh i sit here and i write matches and obviously like i will you know, watch things here and there, but you know, you have to take a break every now and again. Like once I do a whole watch through, like I probably won't again for at least another year. So I, I just feel, I feel like I get rusty and I get really out of practice where like mm. all my competitors are like, they're in it. They're 
like watching matches. They're they're able to like watch a match that even if they're not in, they can play along and see if they know, uh, you know, if they're at the same knowledge level as their other competitors where like I don't get that. Um, so the, I just feel like they just get more practice. They stay more limber. You know, and I yeah, and I, I get stiff on the sidelines. I feel sometimes, so it's yeah. it's very possible. I truly, truly believe that the only reason why I did not lose the belt last time was because Noah was not feeling a hundred percent that day, and I think that that was just pure luck for my end. I think that that match could have gone so differently had Noah been in tip top shape. So I I'm getting more nervous. Which well, and, all all these people. And, they're hungry. Say, there's, there's more people in the wings too. There's rookies yeah, that we I haven't know. even seen yet. And for if you are a rookie and you're watching this and you want to get in on the game, we're going to try to get all the rookies matches if we can. But if you want a guaranteed match, we are having a free-for-all. We hit 100 subscribers at the Subathon, which means we're having a free-for-all this summer. How that'll work is that if there's 50 people, if there's 10 people, we're going to do it either way. But five will enter the ring. They'll be asked five questions. Whoever has the least amount of answers correct will be eliminated. So let's say there's five questions and four people get three right and one person gets two right. Whoever got two right will be eliminated. And then the next person will come in with the other four that are still there. And then they'll be asked another five questions. And that'll keep going until we're down to our final five people. And then that way, it's just lowest score gets eliminated every time until we have one winner. And that winner will not only skip over one number one contender match, but they could have... They could be a brand new rookie, and if they win the free-for-all, they get an immediate title shot at Kels. So if you are interested in joining the league and want to fast-track your way... Or whoever is title holder. Yes, or yes, exactly. Because by then, yes, we will have had at least one more title match between Kelsey and either Noah, Stacey, JD, or Malcolm. But whoever is the title holder at that time will get to play that winner for a guaranteed title shot at the end of the summer. So that'll be exciting, and we're going to find a day to put that together. So if you are on Facebook... In the Facebook group, the Dill Pickle Movie Network, we will try to schedule it from there. Kelsey and I will go over our schedule to see what days work best for us, and then we'll put it out to y'all. And whatever day the most people can be at, we'll do. Uh, we'll do it through StreamYard and just have people coming in and out. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but if you are itching for a match and we haven't gotten you one yet or if you're not scheduled for one soon, we you will get to play if you want to with that free-for-all. And even if you're... Like, let's say JD gets to the end but loses to Noah. Uh, JD can be in that free-for-all and get a title shot that way. So I, I think it's going to be a really fun event. Nice. And, it, and, it, and it could go any which way. Let's say there's five questions, right? If four people get four right but one person gets five right, that one person eliminates all the other four all at once. So it could get really, really dicey and really, really fun. Um, I don't know if, Kelsey, you're following me, but it'll be No, I am. I okay, am. cool. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. But, Kelsey, any last words before we head out and uh start writing the, the, the those those matches because we've got two yes matches. um no nothing nothing for me only that you can find me at um kelsey a kilpatrick on instagram or you can follow my tiktok at cause 13 cool you can find me at dylan underscore and twitter you can find me dylan Rendazzo 417 at tiktok and you can find me at the dill pickle movie network if you're listening on podcast if you're watching on video check us out on podcast and we will see y'all next time thanks for joining live i know we didn't have a lot of commenters but again starting next week we'll be back to our normal schedule thanks guys see ya. <laughs>